It's Sunday morning. Time for the great outdoors with Charlie Potter. Brought to you by the all-new Chevy Silverado and ChevyDriveChicago.com on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Good morning. Welcome to the Great Outdoors Show. Charlie Potter here on WGN Radio. And if this morning I don't sound just loud and clear, it's because I literally am on the road. It is that time of the year when at 5 o'clock in the morning, uh, you sometimes cannot be sitting in a studio. And today is one of them. So I hope I come through for you. Uh, last week, I... Um, talked about the beauty of the Illinois River Valley and fall colors and how spectacular it is to take a walk along the Illinois River on any of the great lakes that usually in the fall have low water levels and, you know, walk along Lake Snatchewine or down along Lake Peoria. Uh, Well, my advice to you this morning is don't do it unless you have a boat. In the past week, it, it has done nothing but rain. I have to tell you that if you're in, in the Chicago area, it has done nothing but rain and rain and rain. And the Illinois River now is in flood stage in many areas. So that wonderful walk I told you to take, uh, you would drown if you made it, tried it. And if you had a boat, it wouldn't be quite so enjoyable. The water's up in the trees. But it, it's one of those years when it appears we once again are going to have a really rough time on the Illinois River. Uh, this spring, it flooded, drowned out all the crops again, and then it was terribly dry and virtually nothing grew crop-wise, and now we're flooded again. Uh, so that walk, you might just as well put it in the memory bank and go do it next year. You can look forward to it. Um, but the fall colors also with this week of rain are, well, the leaves are falling pretty quickly. Uh, speaking of falling, temperatures. Uh, I'm doing the show this morning at what appears to be the day of the Grand Migration. It actually began yesterday, starting out in Calgary, and this, with this front moving east, plunging temperatures across the, the northern prairies with winds topping 50 miles an hour in many areas. And it indeed, in fact, today is the Grand Passage. The prairies are emptying out. Usually when they empty out, it comes with snow, comes with rain and then snow on top of it. This doesn't have the snow, so the, so the, the, the grand migration might not be quite as big now as it would be if it had snow. But we are seeing the arrival, early arrival of winter. Actually, it's pretty much right on schedule. I've hunted in North Dakota up on the Canadian-North Dakota line for, oh, much of the past 40 years, right about now. And my great friend up there, who I've hunted with for years, has always said, just don't come at Halloween, because at Halloween, we almost always have a terrible storm. Well, guess what? Halloween is here. Halloween actually officially is is tonight. And the storm arrived yesterday in the Rock Lake, North Dakota, with the winds going from the south at 20 to the northwest at 35, dusting to 50, temperatures headed into the teens, and it's going to stay that way. And what happens with weather patterns like this in the fall is, is they are, when they start, they're, and they're big ones, they're very predictable. It starts usually with temperatures being quite mild. It was 78 degrees in, I believe, in Malta, Montana on Friday. I'll be lucky to get out of the teens next week. It's, uh, 
a temperature, high temperatures with a south wind, and then the wind switches and gets into the northwest, and it just screams. And it's on that northwest wind that the birds leave. They will wait until the upper air currents, which often are ahead of the ground currents, weather direction, wind direction-wise, and they will ride it, and they'll ride it hundreds, if not thousands of miles. And that's what's going on right now. So when the rain we had on Friday and mild here, still going to be pretty mild, but north of us, the Grand Passage is, is, is happening, and it's happening above the clouds. And we're gonna, you're going to wake up on the Illinois River this morning, or if you're in Arkansas, you're going to wake up, and not only is there going to be a arri- arrival of lots and lots of ducks, but there's going to be the arrival of all kinds of shorebirds and songbirds that, that also will have ridden this. So here we are, October 31st, and, and the Grand Passage is, is indeed happening today. And, it, and I've fat followed this for over 40 years in my adult life. And, and I can tell you, it's, it's more often than not, sometime between the 25th of October and the 5th of November, we get this event. And if it doesn't happen in that time period, it's an oddity. If it's later, as it has been a couple of years, uh, that's, that happens. But in this 10-day period, it's almost a certainty. You can go to Vegas and say the Grand Passage is going to occur. And the winds on the lakefront in Chicago, of course, are, are big or will be. The waves are big. But if you go out there, be very careful. I actually, with the big storm we had last week, was on the lakefront and you, you couldn't get near the lake. Of course, the outer drive in Chicago was it was virtually closed. The waves were 10 feet high and you're driving down the inner drive and you look at the lake. And for those of you not that familiar with Chicago, envision this. The waves are higher than you are, or so it appears. Uh, it is really a, an absolutely bizarre feeling to be driving down the road. I was driving south and you look to your left at the lake and, and the lake is as tall as your car. Fortunately, there are a few barriers in between, but Fall is here. The other thing I'm going to talk about before I go to the break is I don't know what they drink in the water in Louisiana sometimes, or maybe a lot of the time, but they don't drink conservation water in Louisiana. And I say that with many friends who are absolutely fabulous conservationists in Louisiana, out of New Orleans and the West Coast, along the Gulf, Lafayette. I know some individuals that are absolute conservation leaders. But why their politicians continue to try to undermine, in this case, over 100 years of work is beyond me. So Louisiana's politicians recently introduced a bill that would amend the Migratory Bird Treaty Act. That only goes back to 1916. The Migratory Bird Treaty Act said that seasons for migratory birds do not open before September 1st and do not and closed by January 31st, unless there's a special exception. Well, the Louisiana delegation, or some of the Louisiana delegation, I don't want to put the blame on all of them, some of the Louisiana delegation has decided the Migratory Bird Treaty Act should be amended, and that the seasons should close March 31st. Now, I think many of you know the spring hunting of birds, well, it ended in 1916 with the passage of the Migratory Bird Treaty Act. So 105 years ago it ended. Well, in Louisiana, they would basically like to bring it back. 
Uh, there will some will be some friends of mine listening who will joke, well, the best hunting in Louisiana has always been over Mardi Gras for returning teal. They just want to now make it legal. So what does this mean and why is this occurring? This actually affects all of us. And it, and it shows a not only a really myopic, but an incredibly self-centered approach. And I don't, I guess I'm going to hear that, well, of course, all politics is local. You know that. So since all politics is local, why would it not surprise you that Louisiana wants to change the Migratory Bird Treaty Act to solely benefit Louisiana? But if you think about it in the context of conservation and what's been achieved over the past 100 plus years, and in particular what's been achieved in the last 50, it's a coalescing around that we're all in this together. And what happens in North Dakota or Manitoba or Alberta is relevant in California, it's relevant in Florida, and it's certainly relevant in Louisiana. But Louisiana feels that because the migratory patterns of birds, waterfowl have changed, they don't think that they get there until very late. In fact, that's true. But I'm not sure it's true that they don't get there because the weather's changed. I've spent a lot of time in South Louisiana. I would argue they don't get there because the habitat's lousy. And if you're a bird of any species, I don't care if you're a duck or a goose or you're, an, or you're a, a snipe, whatever you might be, you have wings and you're going to go where the restaurant is best. You are not going to go just fly to South Louisiana, which used to have an enormous rice culture, and, and fly there and find that your rice fields are now crawfish ponds or that that marsh that you went to is now in the Gulf of Mexico. A great example would be after the big hurricane this summer. They're going to. So if you're a, you're a sandhill crane or you're a duck, you're snow goose, you're going to fly to Louisiana and go, well, this doesn't look like a very good place to live anymore. You're going to go somewhere else. And it doesn't matter whether the season ends in March or the season ends in, in November. They aren't coming and they're not likely to come. The people of Louisiana, particularly South Louisiana, frankly, just won't accept this reality. All that a March 31st closing framework would do, and it's not going to happen. I will sit here telling you this morning, I'm probably, why am I talking about this? I'm not talking about it in the context that I think it actually will happen. It won't. I'm talking about it in the context of why are people so self-centered to fail to recognize that migratory birds populate the entire continent. So a March 31st season would enable people in Louisiana to shoot the birds on their way north. Those that went through Louisiana and went to Costa Rica or Mexico or Nicaragua, uh, the Yucatan, on their way back north when they're headed north to breed. So I'm, I'm perplexed that the congressional, some members of the congressional delegation in Louisiana would actually think this was a good idea. I know they're playing local politics. They can go to their constituents and say, well, we tried. On the other hand, I think it's really sad. Some of those members sit on the Migratory Bird Commission or may someday, and, and they're showing what I think is frankly just a, a really a lack of, not only a lack of understanding, but a, but a lack of consciousness to think that their particular small group should have a self-interest that overweighs that of tens of millions of people around the country. Enough on Louisiana for the time being. I'll talk more about it 
because there's another phenomenon going on, and that is, of course, Louisiana would like to end the practice of people being able to plant and flood corn. Uh, we'll talk about that maybe next week, because once again there, they don't understand the big picture of why people across the, the fly down the flyways are planting food for birds. Very shortly, it's a simple answer. There's not enough other food for birds, but we'll get more to that later. I will be coming back in just a moment. When I do, I'll have much more in the great outdoors and hopefully cover a subject that might be of interest to you. Turkeys, not your Thanksgiving gobbler that you're going to go buy at the supermarket, but what's happening to the wild ones. Thanks so much for being with me. I'll be back in just a moment. This is Charlie Potter on the Outdoor Voice of Chicago and America, 720 WGN, and first a message from our longtime sponsors, the Northwest Indiana and Chicagoland Chevrolet dealers. In the field, hunters need to be alert. Sense the environment around them and know exactly where they are, communicate seamlessly with their dogs. And when it comes to pickup trucks, you want the same qualities. The all-new Chevy Silverado comes with an available 4G Wi-Fi hotspot for seamless communication. It's designed to handle the toughest loads with advanced trailering technology, tough on the road and off. And the all-new design gives you more cargo space than the competition. Chevy Silverado is the most dependable, longest-lasting, full-size pickup on the road. Plus, there's never been a better time to see your local Chevy dealer about the Big Fix lease. It's an amazing lease deal that can lower your monthly payments and give you more Chevy, all for less money. That's a treasure hunt. So head to your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealer or go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and see why Chevy is the number one best-selling brand in Chicagoland, now eight years running. It's Charlie Potter and the Great Outdoors on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Welcome back to the Great Outdoors show. Charlie Potter, your host here on WGN Radio. And again, if I'm a little scratchy this morning, it's because I'm actually on the road. Not in studio. It's Sunday morning in the heart of hunting season. And part of what I do on the Great Outdoors show, of course, is spend a lot of time outdoors. And I've done this show from many locations. This morning, I'm, I'm actually on the road. So, so bear with me with the time we have left. And I promised that I would talk about turkeys. But before I go to turkeys, I just, uh, I just want to say it is remarkable. You can almost set your calendar around Halloween, as I said at the top of the show. We're going to have a major, major cold front with big winds out of the north, northwest, come out of Prairie Canada and swoop down over the northern U.S. prairies. And it's going to send tens of millions of birds on their way. And once again, it's, it's happening and it's actually happening. As I said a moment ago, it's happening as, as you're listening and I'm doing the show. And when the sun comes up this morning, if you're headed out to a marsh somewhere, you're going to see what that happening means at some point today. They're going to be skeins of geese, cranes, swans, ducks moving overhead. Turkeys, they don't move overhead. They pretty much run on the ground. They roost in trees. They nest on the ground. Turkey hunting was one of the great growth sports in America uh, over the past 40 years or so. There actually now are more turkey hunters in America than there are uh, waterfowl hunters, almost by a number of two to one. That seems pretty remarkable, but all good things sometimes come to an end. And the tremendous growth in the wild turkey population uh, as seems to have hit a brick wall. And this is really troubling news for a lot of states, 
troubling news for the Wild Turkey Federation, which uh, a wonderful organization, but let's face it, um, the reality is they didn't have as much to do with the success of turkeys as maybe uh, they thought they did. Um, they had a very gregarious leader for a long time, a terrific salesman, a great, a great advocate for turkeys, but they, they oversold the equation. Uh, and turkeys are, through restocking, moving turkeys around. I mean, Illinois got its turkeys from um, Missouri, and, and we traded birds a long time ago. But we are finding now that turkeys um, are actually in decline from one end of the spectrum to the other, and, 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 and nobody knows why. This is the shocking thing. We don't understand why turkeys are in decline. But across the South, the big turkey hunting states, Arkansas, Mississippi, Tennessee, Alabama, Missouri. We don't think of Missouri as a southern state, but it's, I'll call it a southern state for what we're talking about. The decline in populations in these regions and further west in the Nebraska, in Kansas, it's, it's a shocking decline. And with that decline is going to come far reduced hunting opportunities. Is it a decline because of predators? Is it a decline because uh, we've had terribly wet springs for a period of time across a lot of the breeding range? Uh, is it the, the decline because of disease? Things seldom decline for just one reason. There's usually a variety of factors, but states have built very strong hunting programs around the growth in turkey populations. Wisconsin's one of them, very much so. Illinois is one of them. Uh, across the south, uh, as I sit here tonight, uh, or this morning, rather, on what's been a rainy week, um, talking about things that fly, the uh, explosion of the turkey, the wild turkey, the iconic turkey, if you are the view of Ben Franklin, uh, who thought it should have been our national bird, uh, they're in trouble. And if their decline continues, we have one thing that's going to happen. There's going to be less opportunity, and that means even fewer people going afield. We need some science to help us understand this, but it's early in the game. We, we've had 25, 30 years of exploding populations, and everyone felt great about it. Now the tough time comes. They're not doing so well. I'll be back next Sunday morning with much more on the Great Outdoors Show. I hope you have a wonderful week in the outdoors. This is Charlie Potter on the Outdoor Voice of Chicago and America, 720 WGN.